0: Before we get started, I want to remind you that if there is anything that you need prayer for, please don't hesitate to give us a call, send us an email, or submit a request online. We'd love to stand with you in prayer. Often we wonder if we can be healed, or why someone we know wasn't healed. Is it God's will to heal? If Jesus were here, would He heal us? These doubts are the roadblocks to healing. Let's take a look at what the Bible says about these roadblocks, how to come against them. And receive our
1: healing. So, I wanted to kind of talk to you, introduce the subject of healing. Uh, I know some people think, well, you know, this is kind of like a side issue, if it's an issue at all. But when you think about Jesus' ministry, Jesus just did three things He would preach, He would teach, and He would heal the sick. 17 different individuals are mentioned, 47 times are mentioned where Jesus, is just in the Gospels, where Jesus ministers to and heals two or more people, 47 times, 17 different individuals. When Jesus sent out his disciples, he said, go and preach the kingdom of God is at hand and heal the sick. When he sent out the 70, go and preach the kingdom of God is at hand and heal the sick. When he sent out the church, he said, in fact, according to Mark, Jesus' last words are, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. James chapter five: Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise them up. Um, I want to say this: that I definitely do not know it all. I have some questions. Uh, I'm looking for answers. But I'm growing. I'm learning, studying, meditating. And uh, we're we're just learning more and more. How many of you know there's so much to learn, you just can't learn it all? It it is literally impossible. And I think anybody who thinks they've got all the answers probably doesn't have any answers at all. But whenever we talk about healing, people think, well, what about doctors? Well, the Bible says, a merry heart does good like a medicine. I love the Amplified translation uh, in Proverbs. It says, the one who does not use his efforts to heal himself is the brother to the one who commits suicide. In other words, the Bible is saying that medicine's good, doctors are good. In fact, the Bible calls Luke the beloved physician. It doesn't say what he did was bad or wrong. In fact, doctors are are recommended, They're, they're, they're good. However, there is healing available for us. So in the book of Isaiah... Isaiah literally, this, this book they say was written just over 700, well, 701 years before Jesus was born. And Isaiah, is like he looks down this prophetic telescope and he sees Jesus go to the cross. In Isaiah 53, it says, He, Jesus, was despised, rejected of men and man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. We did not esteem him. Surely, he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Now, the fourth verse says, Surely he's borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Those words, griefs and sorrows, are translated differently elsewhere. In fact, many of the other translations uh, give out a more literal translation. Lesser, Dr. Isaac Lesser says, But only our diseases did he bear himself, and our pains he carried. Basic English, but it was our pains he took, and our diseases were put on him. Another translation, surely our diseases did he bear, and our pains he carried. Roth translation, yet surely our sicknesses he carried. And as for our pains, he bare the burden of them. Smith's translation, yet it was our sicknesses that he bore our pains that he carried. In verse 5, King James says, By his stripes we were healed. Through his bruises was healing granted to us. Dr. Lesser, Ross translation, By his stripes was, he is healing for us. Moffat translation, The blows that fell to him have brought us healing. By the, his bruises there's healing for us. Another translation, for we are healed by the punishment he suffered, made whole by the blows he received. And so there's, there's, there's this, you know, which is right? Is it sicknesses and diseases, or is it really griefs and sorrows? As it's just translated in the King James Bible. Well, fortunately, I, I, the, the, you know, we, we should, how many of you think we ought to just let God interpret his own Bible? I mean, like the Holy Spirit wrote it, we should let him interpret it. And so over in Matthew chapter 8, he actually interprets this verse for us. It says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the Spirit with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Now we're back again to Isaiah chapter 53. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses so we're in the king james bible in the old testament it says "griefs and sorrows new testament is clarified and it says infirmities and sicknesses and it's right as jesus is ministering to the sick and healing all the people who were brought now this isaiah 53 is actually part of the atonement what it's saying is that what Jesus did at the cross in taking our sins, he also at the same time purchased for us healing. Now, in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus has just finished the greatest sermon that was ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6, 7, three chapters, this beautiful, incredible, incredible sermon. And as he's coming down from the mountain, a great multitude followed him. And behold, a leper came. And worshipped him. Now, this is one of the 17 individuals that the Bible tells us the story about the receiving a healing. Now, when there were multitudes, and, and the Bible says great multitudes, and, and Jesus would heal them all, but there's there's 17 individuals where the Bible shows us their case because there's something that God wants us to learn from each one of those cases. And so, as He's coming, this leper comes falls down, worships Jesus, and says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, this is theologically where many, 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 many people are. They're like, I have no question that God could heal me. But I'm just not sure he wants to. And that's where this guy's at. And really, he is speaking for every one of us. Every one of us who says, God, I've got this question. I know you can, but I just don't know if you want to. We're going to get the answer, right? Lord, if you're willing, I know you've got the power, but I just don't know if you really want to. You can make me clean. Jesus put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing. Be clean. Immediately, his leprosy was clenched. So Jesus' answer was, I'm willing. My favorite translation says, of course I will. Of course I will. Now, in Hebrews chapter 10, there's actually a quote from the Psalms. And uh, it's, it's really interesting because this is Jesus talking before he leaves heaven to come to earth. All right? This is what it says. Behold, I have come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. So in other words, everything Jesus did was God's will. Everything he did was the will of God. We can say that he came to show us a picture of what God is like. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 1, it says, he's the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being the outraying or radiance of the divine, and he is the perfect imprint, the very image of God's nature. So Jesus is the perfect imprint. One paraphrase says it this way, he is a mirror reflection. If you're looking at Jesus, it's like looking in the mirror and seeing exactly what God is like. So this man comes to Jesus and says, I know you can, I don't know if you want to. Jesus' response is, of course I will. Yes, I'm willing. And he is showing us exactly what God is like. In fact, I think it's interesting that in the third verse, here in in, in Hebrews, excuse me, it says, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. Now, Jesus did not sit down because he was tired. Jesus sat down because he was finished. He sat down because everything that needed to be done was done. So in 2 Peter chapter 1, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So the amount of grace and peace we're going to have is connected to the amount of knowledge that we have. As his divine power has given to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So it says here that he has given to us, past tense, everything that pertains to life and godliness. So everything that concerns your natural life, everything that concerns your spiritual life or your godly life, it's already been given, right? Again, Hebrews says that he obtained for us a complete salvation that nothing was left out here it mentions again that it has been given in other words God has already done everything that he needs to do everything God is going to do for you is already done it's already purchased it's already paid for in the book of Ephesians as Paul is praying for the church in the 17th verse He says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, again, I've mentioned this before, but I think this is so interesting, that when Paul prays for the church, he doesn't pray like you and I pray, Paul doesn't say, God, help them. God, he doesn't say, God, bless them. He doesn't say, God, deliver them. He doesn't say, God, heal them. He said, God, what they need is they need a revelation of what you've done, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. In other words, that your spiritual eyes would be opened so you could see revelation, that you would know the hope of His calling, what God's plan for you is, that you might know the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power that he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. He said, I want them to have a revelation of the power that is working towards us who believe. Another translation says, his power in us and for us. So he's saying God's power. what God wants is for you to have a revelation of the power that is already at work in us and for us. My favorite translation says this, that you will be aware of the incredible, immense strength which is available to us. The same strength that raised Jesus from the dead, right? So he's not saying, God, you need to do something for them. He's saying, God, you need to open their eyes so they can see what you've already done and the power that is already available to us. We're trying to get to God to do something in addition to what he's already done. We pray and say, God, save them. So what's God's supposed to do? Send Jesus to the cross again? He's done everything he needs to do to save them, right? But what they need to do is they need to believe and they need to grab hold of it, right? So by grace... In other words, something that we did not earn, did not deserve, by grace are you saved through faith. So by grace, not that you deserved it, God did everything for you at the cross, but you receive it by faith. You receive it by faith. It's already done, but what you and I need to do is we need to reach out and receive it. Now, in your house if you go home at midnight and you walk in and it's dark and you're going, well, why aren't the lights on? Now, the problem is not with the electric company. The problem is you haven't thrown the switch. It's already there, but you haven't thrown the switch. And what we need to do is we need to find out what has God already done for us Peter said he's done everything for our spiritual life and our natural life. It's already done, but we've got to reach out and we have got to receive it. No, translation says, and how immeasurable is his power in us who believe. The no, translation, the limitless the scope of his power at work in us once we believe. See, we've got to believe, we've got to throw the switch in order to connect with what God already has for us. And I know some of us were taught, well, the days of miracles are over. You know, all miracles, everything supernatural. When the last apostle died, well, that was it. That was the end. But the book of Jude says this in the third verse. Well, I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation. Let me just take a little trip here. Our common salvation. Now, it's not that your salvation is common in its quality. The Bible calls it so great a salvation. But it's common because every one of us receive the exact same salvation. If you want to think of it like this, when you get saved, you get a package, right? Everybody gets the same package. And anything God ever did for anybody was in the package. And if it was in their package, it's in your package. So the Bible calls our salvation a common salvation because nobody got any more than you, nobody got any less than you. It's a common salvation. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once and for all delivered to the saints. Now, the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago said, the day's going to come when people are not going to believe that what happened in the beginning is still happening. That what God did in the beginning, he's still doing. So he said, well, we're going to ha- you're going to have to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all. So it was given how many times? For how many? For all. So what you and I find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what you find in Acts and Romans and Corinthians in Ephesians, Galatians, what you find in the Bible was given once. In the same faith that was there 2,000 years ago, it's the same one today. Nothing has changed. He didn't go after 100 years or 300 years, well, I'm taking this part out and this part out, and we aren't doing this anymore, and we aren't doing that anymore. It was given how many times? Once for who? For all. God has not recanted on anything. And people say, well, the days of miracles are over. There was never a day of miracles. It was just a God of miracles. And the Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And again, I think it's interesting. The book of James, one of the epistles, it it says, is any among you sick? Call for the elders of the church. Pray over them, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick. You know, this was after the resurrection right somebody said well maybe God doesn't want to heal me you know I've been prayed for or I've prayed and I've had a lot of people pray for me and and I just haven't received healing it is it's just not God's will to heal me right And, and I like to just refer to this as experiential theology in other words you don't base your theology on the Bible you base it on Aunt Susie on Mary on your friend, or what happened to you, right? Now, I want to remind you that when the children of Israel came to the promised land, God said, I've given it to you. And two million people said, well, we just don't believe that. Two said, we believe it. Let's go in at once and take possession. Two million did not go in. Two went in. Two that said, we believe what God said, they're the ones who received it. Two million said, well, well, there just ain't no way God can do that for us. And they did not receive what God had for them. Don't base your theology on your experience or mine. Right? base your theology on God's word, right? Because he's watching over his word to perform it. He's magnified his word, the Bible says, above all his name. Matthew 17 and verse 24, and when he had come to the multitude a man came to him jesus kneeling down and saying lord have mercy on my son for he's an epileptic he suffers severely for he often falls into the fire and often into the water so i brought him to your disciples but they could not cure him jesus answered and said oh faithless and perverse generation how long shall i be with you Now, now jesus is talking about their problem right The the disciples had tried to heal this boy and were not able. And Jesus said, the problem is you're faithless and you're perverse. I would say perverse this way. They were too connected to the world. Too connected to the world. Their culture had had too much of an effect on them. And faithless, they weren't connected enough to the word of God. That was their problem. How long will I bear with you? Bring him to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, it came out of him. The child was cured from that very hour. Disciples came to him privately and said, why couldn't we cast him out? Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief. So the disciples tried to cure the boy. They were not able. A lot of people would go, wasn't God's will. But when Jesus came, Jesus, the exact representation of God, that mirror reflection of God, Jesus ministered to him and healed that boy. Was it God's will the whole time? Yes, it was. It was God's will the entire time. But what happened was the disciples, they, were too, they, 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 they lacked faith. They were too connected to the world. Jesus said, you know, it's because you're the perverse and unbelieving generation. Now, different gospel brings this out that the man said to Jesus, Jesus, he said, if you can help us, help us. And, and Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believes. And the man said, I believe. Help my unbelief. So he had faith and he had unbelief. He had faith and he had unbelief. You know, and, and I know that that's true at times, that there's faith and there's unbelief, right? and, and unfortunately, what happens is that unbelief you know it can often cancel out our faith it's working against our faith you know it, like like when you're praying for somebody who's sick they're, they're in one of three conditions right they're believing with you and kind of like they're pushing with you or they're neutral and they're not doing anything right and it's kind of like you've got to do all the believing and all the pushing yourself and then there's some people that've got the brakes on right and you're trying to trying to believe, trying to push, trying to move in that direction. And it's like they got the brakes on, right? That unbelief is stopping the will of God from being manifested in that, place, in that case. And that's what was happening with the disciples. There was that unbelief. And it was like brakes were on. And, and that the, the, the healing didn't come until Jesus came and brought the perfect will of God. So here's what I want to say about that. Because somebody prays for somebody and they don't get healed does not mean it's not God's will for that person to be healed, right? I tell you what, if Jesus were there, he would manifest the perfect will of God, right? Now, here's one that I've, I've, uh, I've heard so many times. Sickness is just the cross that I'm supposed to carry. It's my cross. You know, Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him take up his cross and let him follow me. Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. In, uh, I'm trying to get my years right, in 1980, Jeannie and I were, were living in, in Mexico in, a, in an Indian village, ministering, doing a lot of evangelistic work, starting churches, and I got an invitation to move to Guadalajara to teach in a Bible college. And so we, we moved and we rented a house, got all our stuff there, and went to school, started teaching. And I'd been there about 10 days when I got called into the president's office. And I knew I was in trouble because every other staff member was there in like a semicircle in front kind of a, his desk is, is like right here. And then there's a semicircle with all the staff and a chair right in the middle. Okay. And uh, they sat me in the chair. And I, I just, I had, I just like, I, I don't have a clue, you know. And, and, and so the president, the director, he said, uh, he said, we have a problem. And I said, well, what's the problem? He said, uh, you, you have mentioned in one of your classes that God wants to heal everybody and he doesn't. God makes people sick. God wants people to be sick. It's a cross that they carry. And, and so we, I, I said, what the Bible says, in, in, and I said, in the Bible, in the Bible, and this is literally what he said. He said, we do not care what the Bible says. He said, we don't care what the Bible says. He said, that's not what we believe. And I said, but the Bible. He said, don't pull that out. Don't, no, we don't care what the Bible says. We do not believe that. And if, if, if this becomes an issue, he said, you are going to have to leave. So I went home to Jeannie and I said, honey, we are in trouble. I said, uh, we, we just moved, you know, we don't have money to go anywhere else. And it wasn't like they were paying me. I was working for free, you know. So, so I said, well, let's pray. So Jeannie so and I, we, we pray. And uh, uh, just kind of like get this idea. The, the director lived about a, oh, a mile away from our house. And so a couple times a week, I would stop over to his house on my way into work and, and uh, just have coffee with him and talk with him a little bit. And I remember stopping after I'd been doing this for maybe four or five weeks, I stopped by one morning, and he brought this, this, this scripture up. Well, Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. I said, well, that verse says that you take up your cross when you begin to follow Jesus. The cross is something Christians have and don't, non-Christians don't have. And I said, non-Christians, they get sick, they get depressed, they have problems, they go bankrupt, they're facing all sorts of situations. I said, that's not the cross. The cross is something only Christians have. And it was like the anointing of God just fell. And I later said to Jeannie, I said, it was like you could cut the Holy Ghost with a knife. So I'm talking, and he grabs a piece of paper and pencil, and he's writing. And I don't know how he ever read what he wrote because he's just crying. He's just crying. He's writing, and and I'm talking. I said, so that cross, it's to do the will of God in your life. Everybody's cross is different, but it's not sickness. It's not poverty. It's not depression. It's not disease. So he's writing all this stuff down Thursday morning. Thursday night, we had a church service. And uh, the, the, the school had a church in it. And there was about 300 seats in that church. And he preached that night. And he took my notes from that morning. And so he's preaching on your cross is not sickness. It's not poverty. It's not depression. It's not addiction. And as he's teaching, there's a lady sitting in the back. She has been in a wheelchair for four years. Several doctors have said she will never get out. And she had been believing that was her cross. And as he's talking, she says, well, this isn't my cross. God wants me well. And she says, I'm gonna get up. I believe I'm healed. She stands up. She gets behind her wheelchair. Listen, listen, now down. Let's stop, let's hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on She gets behind her wheelchair. She walks her wheelchair up front. She puts Mr. Director in the wheelchair. And walks him around the church. I did not get fired. I, I, had, I had favor. Listen. The devil will tell you it's your cross. This is a burden that God wants you to carry. God's punishing you. But it's not true. It is not true. Somebody said, you know, I'm just not God, sure God wants me. God hasn't revealed to me that he wants me well. In Matthew 14, verse 35, Jesus comes to the area of the Gatherings. Now, the first time Jesus went, the demon-possessed man meets Jesus, and he casts out the demons. They go into the pigs. Remember the story? And the pigs run off the cliff and into the sea and commit suicide, right? And by the way, this is the first time you find deviled hams in the Bible right there. There's a it demons? It's the only joke I've got for today. Laugh. Laugh. All right. So, so then G- this man wants to go with Jesus, and Jesus says, no, you go and tell everybody what great things God has done for you. They had asked Jesus to leave, and now he's come back. And when they recognized him, the men of that place, they sent into all the surrounding region. And they brought in to him all who were sick. And Jesus, he healed them all. They begged him to let him touch just the tassel of his robe. And all who did were healed. So listen, they went to all the surrounding region. And they brought all that were sick. Right? It's, it's literally referred to as the Decapolis. Remember the decathlon and the triathlons? 10 events. This is a 10 city region. And they go into the whole region, 10 cities, and they bring all the sick people with all kinds of diseases. Now, here's what they didn't do. They didn't find a sick person and go, ooh, ooh, God, do you want to heal him? Ooh. Do we bring this one? Ooh. Should we leave him here? Ooh. What's your will, oh God? Boo. They did not pray about it. If they found them, they brought them. They brought all who were sick of all kinds of diseases, and Jesus healed them all. He healed them all. So sometimes we think, well, I just got to make sure it's God's will. I got to know. No, he himself bore your sickness, carried your diseases by his stripes. You were healed. Psalms 103. He forgives all your iniquities and He heals all your diseases. You don't need a special revelation. You don't need goosebumps. You don't need an angelic visitation. You just need God's Word. You just need God's Word. And they went into all the surrounding region and they brought unto Him all that were sick. And Jesus ministered, they heal, healed them all. Covers every case. Covers every case. It's like that power, it says in Ephesians, it is available to us. But we've got to turn the switch of faith on. We've got to receive. So often we're trying to get good enough, to do the right things, to not do the wrong things, and to earn it. It's by grace unmerited, undeserved, unworked for, but it's received by faith. Received by faith. See, I want to thank you for watching today, but I want to ask you a question. Are you right with God? If you're away from the Lord, I'm saying you used to live for God, but you've drifted away and you need to come back. Or if you don't know where you stand with God and you say, I want to know I'm right with God, I want to know I'm forgiven. Would you please just bow your head, pray this prayer out loud from your heart. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm going to live for him every day. And I thank you that you blood washed me from my sin, that my past is gone, that I'm forgiven, that I'm your child, a part of your family, today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, or if you just wanna grow spiritually, I wrote a book to help you keep growing spiritually, to show you the steps to take for you to develop spiritually and become strong. I wanna send you that book free of charge. You can download the book or let us know. We'll send you a copy absolutely free. Thanks for being with us. God bless you.
0: If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. How awesome. We are so happy for you. To receive a copy of Pastor's free book, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book to be mailed to you. Or you can download it right there. Either way, it's absolutely free. While online, you can purchase a copy of today's message, Roadblocks to Healing, in the WBF store. You can also download Pastor's notes that go with this message under the on-demand page. Walking by Faith is used across the globe to spread the truth that changes lives on and off the air. To partner with us financially in this great commission, go to walkingbyfaith.tv give. Take a look at Chrissy's story. She was sick and came to hear Pastor Dwayne speak on healing and she received her healing.
2: One of my grandmothers played piano by ear. She taught me the first few things that I knew on piano, and then she actually passed away when I was five years old, and that's exactly the same age that I started writing songs. After college, I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and felt like the Lord called me there specifically for music. And then I went through an illness, um, which was advanced stage Lyme disease so i got the tick bite whenever i was pregnant with my first son but i didn't know that there was anything wrong until three and a half years later when it was neurological and i couldn't sleep because i was in so much pain a lot of times i'd have a hard time walking or writing my name correctly because of my hands just were in a lot of pain and swollen i finished out the antibiotic treatment which was about 18 months and ultimately Um, started getting bad when they took me off of the medication. My sister was going to Res Life and she called me and said, I want you to pray about coming up here for this healing service. And I knew a lot of the verses about healing, but I just didn't know that God could still do that and especially for me and when Pastor Dwayne prayed for me that night I literally fell under the power of the Spirit and I felt an electricity running through my body um, that felt like love at the same time it wasn't an instant physical healing um, but I knew that that was the moment that was gonna define me for the rest of my life and so My symptoms gradually got better and better and better. Within two months, I went back for a recheck, and the doctor cleared me of Lyme disease. I am so thankful. It's changed my life. It's changed everything I understood about who the Lord was and how He loves me. But it changed a lot about the way that I wrote songs. So that song, Your Great Name, was birthed, Um, Out of knowing what the Lord can do and seeing him heal me, this is who he says he is. If you have a story like this
0: one, we want to hear about it. Send an email to yourstory at walkingbyfaith.tv. Tune in again next week when Pastor will be starting a new series, Fight for Your Family.